Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates in that. Today is August 29th. Yoshi with the walk-off three-run bomb to split the series with the cards. And it's official. After a crazy week of Polanco ups and downs, officially designated and released. Let's get into it. Polanco's gone. Wait, wait, no, he's not. No, I, I thought he was. Psych. Something different. Okay, he's cleared waivers, and he's staying. Wait, you're booing him? I'm a human being, you know? Now all the coffee fans are celebrating his game. Psych, DFA'd, and released. What just happened? Oh, yeah. Yoshi hit a walk-off bomb today. Let's get this thing going so I can, because I got to mow. I got to mow when we're done here. What's up, Jake? <laughs> oh, that's rough. Uh, vacation week is upon me. Played in a softball tournament Saturday in Columbus. Didn't go quite as planned. We went one and two, but whatever. Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> Head into Vegas in the morning. Shout out to my mom for taking me to the airport at four in the morning. Also, shout out to my little cousin, Sarah, for house sitting for the week. <laughs> She's going to stay with the dogs while we're gone. Spending four days out there before I fly into Cincinnati for another softball tournament. Let's go. I look forward to this tournament every single year. The Nazarene National Tournament. Ready for it. Psyched for it. Let's go. It's going to be a really fun week for me. Yeah, dude. Uh, so, yeah, next weekend is our Labor Day tournament that we play in every year. Mm -hmm. Super fun. So, I'm really looking forward to it. There's... uh. There's a good many teams there and some friends that we get to see every year and play against those guys. So that'll be fun. I, I love going down there. It's a good weekend. Anyway, yeah. uh, I played a little sound clip during that and it didn't play because I had the volume down, of course. But Yoshi hit a three-run bomb today. <laughs> I I was like, I, I queued it up and I was like, I'm going to play this Yoshi sound. And then, duh, I've got the music turned down and I'm using the same sound pad for both. Maybe you yeah. heard it, maybe you didn't. Anyway, a uh, <laughs> little walk-off uh, Yoshi. So I was listening to it. I, I watched the game, and then we flipped over to watch the Little League World Series. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, instead of watching it, I pulled it up on my phone on the radio uh, because, okay. you know, blackout rules, I can't watch it. I have to use the, the VPN to watch it. So I pulled it up on my phone. Right. VPN doesn't work. So I was listening to it. So I had Joe Block and Matt Caps, and they were like, well, you know, he could actually, like, they walked him, they walked Stallings, he could actually finish this thing, and, like, as soon as he finished his sentence, the pitch was thrown. It was pretty yeah. cool. It was pretty cool. So they kind of called it on the radio side of things anyway. He cleared the stands, too. He, he did. out on the river walk. Yeah, but I, I don't, I am, there are some guys that, and I don't understand this, it actually took me off guard because I didn't expect it, but, there are there are some people who give Greg Brown a really hard time that he's saying he's awful, and really? yeah, and I don't get that. I I'm I a either. big Greg Brown fan. Same. I think he's great, and uh, I don't I, like the Joe Buck things. I get, <laughs> and I don't hate sure. Joe Buck, but I get it. There are some things yeah. that he says that are okay. I would yeah. say outside of the the Greg Brown laugh that sounds fake, there is nothing I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> like he's just great and he's a little yeah. bit of a homer but like he's a regional sport like he's supposed to be right i think he gives credit to the other team enough too anyway i say that to say this i don't really like his Sutsugo home run call that suit suit sugio i'm not yeah. a fan of it no but anyway well I, I'm, I'm gonna just piggyback on that for one second you know yeah. tommy edmund hit that two-run homer today and i was watching the game and Brown and and uh wow it's escaping me right here. Bob Walk both were like, you know, you don't want to get too much into it because there it's the away team, but you gotta love the way Tommy Edmund plays this game. Yeah, so the, just the same like, thing. Yeah, they're they're throwing this, it out. There. Yep. Yeah, yep. No, it's they fine. get they give it where it's due. Yeah. Um some more than others. I think uh you'd get I think Wayner 
is more of a Pittsburgh guy, but he's a Pittsburgh guy. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. so you get that. Uh, I don't care. I don't care. Some teams have like very strong. Uh, yeah. I mean, think of like Harry Carey and Hawk Harrelson. And I mean, okay. So I just named two guys from Chicago, but you know what I mean? Like there are some guys who are very Homer and like, you're fine. You, you're what you're broadcasting this for Indians fans or for, why'd I say Indians fans? <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I was looking at it. He's pretty Homer too. Yeah. Yeah. But I was looking at my, uh, uh, Hamilton's good on the radio, but anyway, mm-hmm. I was looking at Indianapolis Indians on my screen and said Indians. No, you're broadcasting this for your home team and right. your home fans. So I don't care if regional broadcasters are homers. Like, that's totally fine with me. But sure. anyway, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Kind of got lost in the middle of that whole thing. So <laughs> let's go ahead and get on. <laughs> let's, go get, let's go ahead and get on to all this Blanco stuff. Last week, it was like breaking news. Holy cow, Polanco is going to be gone. And so we talked about it for an hour. And then as soon as we finished, we hang up our call and it's like, oh wait, he's not, he's not actually <laughs> gone. The these types of waivers apparently happen all the time. And nobody ever knows about it. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a secret. <laughs> and then so it's like, oh no, it leaked and it shouldn't have. And that kind of sucks because now there's a reaction to the leak where people mm-hmm. are saying it's about time. And then they're booing Polanco because he's still there. Yeah. That's and then not Polanco, okay. that's not okay. And then Polanco's getting bummed. A guy who never says anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then he comes out and he's like, dude, this is bad. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to get booed. Yeah. I'm with him. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> getting booed by his home crowd at that. Like, right. Ah. And a place that he spent, you know, X amount of years. Mm-hmm. And, not only that, but also frustrated. I mean, he wants to do good. Yeah, absolutely. And the injuries kept coming, and he couldn't stay on the field. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, regardless of how good he could have been or has been, if you're not on the field, you're going to struggle. Right. It's hard to not be on the field. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sorry, to not to not be consistently on the field and perform well. Right. Like anytime somebody comes off, I mean, look, I mean, like when you miss time, you're missing everything like timing and you know what I mean? Just the whole thing. Dude, that's, and, and that's, that's across the board, no matter what level you're at too. And exactly. And it's, and it's ample everything's amplified at the major league level. Sure. So if you're, if you're listening at home and you're like, yeah, I remember that time I missed some time in high school. It, it was a little bit hard amplify that by 10 when you're in the major leagues. Right. And you, know? you got to understand too, like when you played high school ball and you got hurt, I don't know if any, I mean, like if you guys actually got hurt, I remember my senior year, I had the appendicitis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I missed the first four weeks of my senior season, which was devastating. Right. Right. There wasn't an opportunity for me to go down and play reserves for a week and, and get right. my feet wet. It was just go. But yeah. I'm also facing high school pitching. So it's kind of right. like, you know what that's, I mean? Yeah, and that's why I say right. amplify. You know right. I mean? So I'm not... the best yeah. of the best. Right. And I'm not doing that when, when you come back from that. But, like, that was rough. Mm-hmm. But this, it's not even close to facing the same kind of pitching that you're going to be facing. Even, even bad pitchers in the MLB are awesome. Right. They're just getting rocked by awesome hitters. You know what I mean? Right. But, yeah. Take it easy on guys. Anyway, he ends <laughs> up being DFA'd, and now I, I believe it's official. I believe the release is official. Yeah. So, this was an opportunity for the Pirates to put him on the outright waivers. And, and I'll say this is probably bad, too. Put him on the outright waivers to see if a team would take on that money and then bring him back. Mm-hmm. And then the plan is at the time, and maybe you knew you were going to do the DFA the whole time, mm-hmm. but you want to communicate that the plan is if nobody picks him up, we have no problem playing him. Right. You know what I mean? Because if you were a team who was interested in Polanco and you said, man, uh, we better we better jump on this before anybody else does. Then you'll go pick him up and take the money if you think he can help you. Yeah. However, 
if you don't, you, what you say is, in a normal situation, you would say, well, I'm not going to claim him. I don't think he, anybody's going to claim him. So I'll wait till he gets released and then I'll sign him because I only have to pay, a, I, I only can pay a prorated uh, minimum salary. Right. And the pirates have to keep paying everything else. So the idea is that you want to say, no, we want to keep him, but this is an opportunity for him. And then a mm-hmm. team might be convinced. But once everything broke, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, they're planning on releasing him, so I'm not going to grab him. I'm going to wait until that happens. And the same right. thing. He'll clear waivers because, or did clear waivers. I don't remember. Well, I think because it was the designated for assignment. I don't know. Does he have to go through waivers again? I haven't looked that up. There are some, I mean, look around on Twitter. I don't, I don't, I don't think the designated for assignment actually happened. No, it just the when when I saw when I was reading on the MLB trade rumors and it said DFA'd for assignment, and then it said correction, he was released. Well, the the Pirates so, website says designated for assignment. So he was DFA'd. Yeah. Yeah. They designated him and then it says no, it yeah, and then at 329, like literally a little bit later, it said the Pirates have actually released Polanco. Yeah. As the team issued a correction to their initial announcement. So that's what you're saying. Yeah. They're, the Pirates website still shows designated for assignment, which is weird. But yeah, so this is a, according to trade rumors, it looks like this is a release. According to their site, it doesn't quite look like that, but whatever. It, it's a, it's yeah. a release. Yeah. And maybe that's because of what happened this week. That they just said, you know what, this isn't worth it. You know what I mean? But maybe that was their plan all along. I would like, I would not like to say, I would venture to say that that was their plan the whole time. Yeah. They're like, let's see if anybody else will pick up this money. And then if they won't, we'll let him go. He has till, uh, well, shoot, somebody had to sign him pretty much today or tomorrow, today or tomorrow, I think, in order to, in order to be eligible for the postseason. Somebody could sign him. And they don't have to, like I said, they don't have to pay anything except for a little bit. And they could say, well, let's put him on our roster. Let's give him some at-bats. And if we think he's going to work out, then cool. If not, they could even send him down. Now, he'll have to go through waivers to do it. But if he's not doing good and they say, let's send him down, let him play till September 19th when the minor league season's over. And if, we, if he's starting to hit or whatever and we still need him, anybody go into the postseason – you're better off having a guy with the number of at-bats that he has at the major league level than right. you are bringing up somebody who's green. And a guy who could change the game with one swing. That's the other thing, yeah. I, I mean, mean even he's got if, power yeah, either way. It's there. It just needs to show up. And, and especially right. if you're an American League team and you don't have to play him on defense. Mm-hmm. And his legs look healthy this year. He's running well. Uh, he, he definitely understands. This is why... When he's coming up through the minors, this is why there are things like you see things about players and say, dude, this kid could be really good. He obviously is a good base stealer. I don't think he got thrown out this year. I don't think so. I think he led our team in steals, and I think which I think would surprise a lot of people, but I think mm-hmm. he led our team in stolen bases, and I don't think he got thrown out. Yeah, like I'll actually, 14 or 15. I'll pull that up while we're, while we're talking, but I, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. – so stolen bases – Where's that at on here? Right here. He did get thrown out once. 14 steals, he got thrown out once. And I believe that led our team. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like I said, it does feel, yeah, that led our team easily. Next is Adam Frazier with five. And he got thrown out four times. Because hmm. Frazier's not fast. And then Key Brian and Brian Reynolds with four. But they've only attempted five and six. So, like, we don't steal. No, we should. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it's a Shelton thing. Maybe it's a personnel thing. Yeah. I don't know. But either way, we don't steal bases. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- the game doesn't go that way that much anymore. Um, the other day, Alford stole a base on Yachty mm-hmm. in the ninth. Now, I know, like, the broadcast we made a it very... We conversation about this. We did. And I know, like, we did it. Yeah. Because well, <laughs> he ended up being out, right? No, 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 no. He was safe. He, he was, was safe. barely. They, they yeah. did review it. You're right. Okay. Anyway, I, I, yeah, I texted you and I said that was brave. And I know yeah. that the broadcast made it very clear 
that the particular pitcher has given up a lot of stolen bases. Yeah. And I said, I don't care. That's Yachty. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, right. I agree. There's a, there's a video out there. If you guys have ever watched foolish baseball on YouTube, it's got like the eight bit animations and stuff like that. But they do like, I mean, just like for some of the stuff that he does a lot of like eight bit music, it's actually kind of enjoyable and comical. Anyway, he did a, a video like how good is Yachty or Molina? And like the end of that video, there's this whole section on Andrew McCutcheon when he was with Pittsburgh. And it said, Andrew McCutcheon played against Yadier Molina for X amount of years and had X amount of stolen bases for like in the major leagues. Like he was one of the top base stealers in the majors when he was with Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I think he had attempted whatever it was, he had stolen eight bases off of Yachty and got thrown out seven times. And when he, and he was seven and seven for like seven for 14, he stole his eighth base against Yachty for the rest of his time in Pittsburgh. He never ran on Yachty. And that was like in his first two, like for seven years, he never ran when Molina was catching, he wouldn't Mm -hmm. steal a base. And then it was funny because he even pointed out that, he stole X amount of bases against the Cardinals' backup catchers. So as soon as Yachty came out, Kutch ran. But it was just mm-hmm. the idea that, like, this is how Yachty changes a game, that when one of the top base stealers in the league has a bunch of opportunities, he just flat out doesn't run. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's our base steal thing. Somehow we got there from Polanco. But anyway, <laughs> oh, because he's he was stealing bases. Anyway, listen. Polanco, I really hope somebody signs Polanco. I hope he figures it out. Sometimes change of scenery is good for guys. I think that Gregory Polanco needs a lot more than a change of scenery, even though that is very powerful. I don't think that the scenery was bad. Right. I think the booze intensified this week after he wasn't released. You know what I mean? When they thought he was, and then he wasn't, and then it was like, I think that something intensified right there. And... I don't think that this was a bad situation like, for instance, Tyler Glass now who really needed a change of scenery because he'd failed so much. And and maybe this is it. Maybe this is it for Polanco. But because he failed so much to throw strikes that when he left, it just became different. Yeah. And it was different enough that he had to impress. Glass now had already impressed everybody in Pittsburgh. That's why it's how he got there. So then when he went to Tampa, he had to impress a whole new group of people and maybe that pressure was good for him. But yeah. either way, I still think he doesn't throw strikes. People are just swinging at it. And I think that's what brings him success. But I, I, I'm I'm in the minority there. A lot of people think that he's still just a really good pitcher. So I, it's fine. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know that that's the same for Polanco. But maybe it is because of that, because of the struggle. Once you go somewhere else and you see a different place and you get an opportunity to be something different, I just don't yeah. think it'll ever be the same for him. He is only 29. He has an opportunity to have three or four good years left in him. Mm-hmm. But it might take a year or two to get to that point. And then, you know, we had the David Ortiz conversation. If he could be 50% of what David Ortiz is, I think a team would sign him on for a few years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, good luck, Polanco. That's to yep. you. Wish you the best. Wish you the best. Thank you for at least having fun when you were in Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, he's another guy. There's a lot of uh, – I have conversations with a lot of people. Uh, like I said, I'm in Central Ohio, so I, I'm not surrounded by a bunch of Pirate fans that just complain about the Pirates. Instead, I'm surrounded by a bunch of Cleveland and Cincinnati fans who say, why would anybody want to play for the Pirates? And I say, I'll tell you what. I don't know exactly what it is, but players that are there like being there. And I have to give, like, the situations of Andrew McCutcheon where he wanted to be there. Things didn't work out, but he wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who say, yeah, because we traded him away, I mean, the Pirates offered him an extension that he declined. He played a part in not staying in Pittsburgh as well. And likely, I'm not saying that he's a bad guy, because likely they offered him not enough money. But right. either way, the point is, they offered him a contract. He declined. He, he he had an opportunity to stay there. They weren't always going to trade him. They would have kept him, but for the right price. And unfortunately, for a team like Pittsburgh, that price had to be what it 
what they offered, and who knows? It was still Huntington. Who knows the situation? I don't pretend to know. I'm not in those meetings. The point is, it's in it's in the past. What it is, what it is. He was a guy who was vocal about wanting to be there. Gregory yeah. Polanco was a guy who was vocal about wanting to be there his whole career. AJ Burnett made it a point to come back because he was only there for how long, but he still wanted to finish there. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's, I mean, Tyone didn't want to go. He understands the process, but he was fine being there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He, I think he always knew he would go to free agency, so there wasn't the same type of talk. But he was bummed when he got traded. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, there's other there's other stories like that. There's, I mean, outside of Todd Frazier, <laughs> that one did not work out. But there are other people who came and said, "Wow, this was incredible." You know what I mean? And some yeah. some of those were when they were good, sure, but others weren't, and it was still a thing that they said, "I treasure my time in Pittsburgh," and most of that is because of the fans, because of how hard we go for our players, and mm-hmm. other parts of that is PNC Park. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like you're spoiled getting to play there, eighty. One games a year. Adam Frazier liked being there. Yeah. No, and the other thing is, is I, I think that, and this isn't confirmed. I don't really know. I haven't had a conversation with these guys, but right. I think they get treated well. The, the San Francisco Giants are well documented for really, like, uh, being player-centric. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, they love their players, and they try to treat them. They're very loyal to their players. They have you know, clear cut conversations with them when they're thinking of going a different direction and people like the players appreciate that. Right. And you hear some of those things in Pittsburgh. Now, obviously we don't have the media around that, but like you hear that they are treated pretty well. You know what I mean? Uh, I've heard, I heard Stephen Brault when he was, when he was, when he first got injured this year, he was on, you know, he's on the Rose rotation, the Chris Rose rotation podcast with Chris Rose. (laughs) And he said, uh, cause Rose was like, what, what's the deal? Like, where are you at? And he said, well, I, you know, he's like, I've talked to a lot of guys and the pirates organization is very generous in these situations and they've gotten me this and they've put me up here and they did this. Like there's a lot of organizations that wouldn't do that. So I, I, I just think that they treat their players well. And I think yeah. that Sherrington, as far as like GMs go, I think Sherrington is even more, he's used that phrase player centric. Yeah. And he said, what that means is that the player is at the center of our conversations. When we're talking about a player, it's not about what the team needs. It's about that player. And that, that goes a long way. So, yes, yeah, players like to play in Pittsburgh. And they want to do good. This isn't like a what, this isn't what we jokingly make it out to be. You know what no. I mean? So, we go from that to a little prospect update, but we want to focus specifically on the Greensboro grasshoppers in high a, which we've talked about. That's where Quinn Priester is, uh, Nick Gonzalez, Lyover Pagaro. So those are like the big ones that we talk about. Right. And I wonder if I could look through the top 30 of MLB pipeline right now. Henry Davis technically is there, but he's hurt right now. Um, I don't know how serious that is. But Quinn Priester, number two, high A. Nick Gonzalez, number four. Peguero, number five. Tanaj Thomas, pitched today. He's number 13. Michael Burrows is there. He's number 14. These are just, like, those are all in our top 14. Seven guys in our, oh, and Carmen Majinski as well. Seven guys in our top 14 are in Greensboro right now. So, kind of a place to pay attention to. Nobody else can, like, nobody else has that. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So, anyway, Greensboro had a pretty good week. Uh, They lost one, lost, and then three wins. But they did it by scoring a ton of runs. Like, their first loss, they scored six. They gave up 13. That was rough. But then, let's go into Wednesday. They're playing the Asheville Tourists. Their team name is the Tourists. Like people vacationing to Asheville and that's what you named your team after. I got it. Okay. I love the minor leagues for stuff like this. I love it. I love it. I don't even know who they are. Who's their team? I I don't know off the top of my head here. I'm going to click on one of the players just to find out. It's an Astros affiliate. Okay. So there you go. Anyway, Wednesday they won their game 12-4. to And notable here... 
Flyover Pagaro hit a homer, had three hits. So, like, you know, that's it. Lolo Sanchez, four hits. That's pretty good. These, this is just a little thing here, right? You know what I mean? We're just going to go yeah. over this. Pagaro also, this is the scary part because I think the idea with Pagaro is like, oh, he's the shortstop, right? He's the guy. If you were going to pick out one, he'd be the guy. Yeah. Uh, he just made his 21st error on this day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, and Nick Gonzalez made an error too, but it was only his fourth, and that's supposed to be like, well, we hope he can field. Yeah. Well, he's doing fine. Anyway, yeah. they scored 12 runs. Pagaro had three hits, a couple RBIs, and hit a homer. Okay? That's mm. what that was for. But the other games are more exciting. Friday, they win their game 8 nothing. This was the Quinn Priester game. If you've been around on Twitter, you know about the Quinn Priester game. Quinn Priester, number two overall prospect, MLB Pipeline. Went six innings, threw 96 pitches, uh, and only gave up one hit. So how many walks? No, oh, he didn't walk anybody. He just struck out 13 <laughs> in six innings. So great day. Pagaro added yeah. two hits. Nick Gonzalez added a homer in this game. I think Pagaro might have even homered in this game as well. I know Gonzalez. I see Gonzalez. Well, there was like a, there was a few homers. So, no, just Nick Gonzalez here. Shackelford. Oh, Rusty Shackelford. No. <laughs> Any King of the Hill fans, you know what I'm talking about. Aaron Shackelford. Um, I think he's played a lot of first. He's listed as a shortstop, but he's played a lot of first. But he's just absolutely. I mean, he's only in 201, but he has 19th home run. He's kind of one of those guys. But anyway, Pagaro two hits. Gonzalez a homer, but Quinn Priester was really kind of took the show right there. Yeah. So, and, and and if it tells you a little bit about Asheville Taurus, sh- um, the the reliever Colin Selby came in and threw three innings and had six Ks <laughs> and didn't give up a hit. So combined the nine innings, they got one hit, one walk, and nineteen strikeouts. Jeez. So maybe a lousy Asheville lineup that day, but also maybe they got defeated by Quinn Priester and then just couldn't hit. Uh, after that, it was Saturday. They beat Asheville 12-5. to So we got a 12-run game, an 8-run game, another 12-run game, where Pagaro had three more hits, <laughs> including his 13th homer, and Gonzalez hit a couple, or got a couple hits and hit a double, not a couple homers. Majinski only went one and two thirds. I don't know the story there. I know he's been hurt. Maybe they're just trying to, you know, get him going. So yeah. uh, he did give up two runs, but I doubt that they were like, let's take him out. He gave up two runs. <laughs> right. So it must have been a pitch count, count thing. thing. He threw 46 pitches. It probably had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. But either way, Pagaro, another home run and another three hits. Average keeps coming up. And then today was the big day. For Greensboro. Tanaj Thomas, first off, he did give up four runs in five innings. Not great. His ERA is up to 445. So he's still to watch there. I think, I think when it's all said and done, this dude's coming up. He throws a hundred. You know what I mean? He's coming up in the yeah. bullpen. And maybe sooner than later they need to make that move, but I don't yeah. really know. Either way, in the fifth inning, Nick Gonzalez hits his 14th home run with two guys on. Hits a three-run homer. In the sixth inning, hits a grand slam. In the seventh inning, it's a solo shot. And he did get an opportunity in the in the eighth inning or in the ninth inning to hit the two-run homer and get the home run cycle, but he struck out. Or no, he popped out. He popped out. I would have too. Yeah, yeah, he was swinging I would hard. have swinging, absolutely. And I guarantee, and he had another at-bat in the eighth inning. Like, dude, they were, the score of this game was 19 to, I'll say this, 19 to five going into the ninth inning, and somehow... Asheville scores six. So it ended 19 to 11. <laughs> but they left uh, Roberts pitched. I'm not I'm not sure who Roberts is. Let me check a name here. Austin Roberts came in to pitch and gave up six runs in the ninth. And they were just like, nah, it's your inning, dude. <laughs> yeah. Is he wonder if he's even a pitcher? I hope not. He is a pitcher. That stinks. <laughs> that stinks for him. He's just thrown to the wolves there. Anyway. Dude, 19, so 12 runs twice, 8 runs, and 19, plus a 6-run game that they lost. 57 runs. 57 runs. 57 runs. So, Piguero had 2 hits in the game. Gonzalez had 4, but hit 3 homers. And Piguero also homered, 3 homers this week, 4 homers for Gonzalez because he hit 3 in this game. Mm -hmm. But 
Greensboro had a great week. And we talk about those guys. You had Quinn Priester with a great outing. You had Piguero really just, I mean, hits in every game of the week and, and three home runs to get him to 14. Nick Gonzalez is at 14 homers. These guys were hurt. These two guys were injured for a while. Yeah. I think we looked it up. I think Gonzalez has about 60-some games, and yeah, Piguero has about 70-some. So they're they're about eight to ten games apart from each other, both with fourteen homers. I think Nick Gonzalez needs, I need he needs to be moving. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's yeah, my opinion. I do. I, I I don't disagree, but I I just feel that they're gonna want to move guys together. I I I don't know because I haven't seen the minor leagues in the Sherrington systems that he has progressed, but I. I I can't help but think about how you gel as a team together. Trying to keep he might try to keep certain guys together. So the problem with that is is the age difference between Pagaro and Gonzalez. I get that. Because Gonzalez is twenty two and Pagaro is twenty. So I think the only thing that separates those two away is it makes sense that Pagaro's in Greensboro, but Nick Gonzalez being 22, he's barely older than the average age. And so, actually, barely younger than the average age at high A. But that's the average, not like where you expect people to be. That's the average age of the players that are currently in the league. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, that's not always, like, you know, some of those guys that we just mentioned, like Roberts and, and Shackelford, those guys are all 23. That doesn't really look like they're knocking to move to the next step. So next year they'll be at high A again and they'll be 24, you know what I mean? So when you talk yeah. about average age, there's a lot of guys who won't make it past that who are bringing that average up. So Nick Gonzalez for all, you know, um for just for that scenario alone, sure he's younger than the average, but he's really there. Like that's where he's at and it's where he should be, but he also could he could move up to double A because of his age where Pagaro Really, you 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 want to be careful not to move him up too soon. I get that, yeah, and and I get the age thing, but also, Pagaro was what seventeen when he started playing pro something ball, something like that. Yeah, okay, so he's got three years of pro ball. I understand the age, but at the same yeah. time, he's played a lot of pro ball. So, I'm not saying I'm not saying I want him rushed. I, I don't. I don't want him rushed. I just Yeah, he was actually if, he was actually 16. 16 but, when he started playing. Well, no, that's when he got signed in 2017. 2018 is the first time he was assigned to someone, so that would have been at 17, but that would have been like the Dominican League. So the first time, I guess when you say AZL D-backs, that's probably Arizona Fall League. Mhm. Um yeah, I don't even know. Missoula, Hillsboro. So maybe, may, yeah, maybe that's, well, that might be like the Arizona league that I don't, I don't know. Maybe that is, I don't know. Either way, he, he, he didn't come here till 2020, but yeah, you're looking at like in 2020, there was no season. So he probably played a little bit in 2018 and then 2019, he played a little bit. I guess if I looked at his baseball reference, I could give you an idea, but Anyway, keep going with your point. But yeah, just my point is, is like, it's not necessarily the age per se. It's, you know, he's been exposed to the, a, I'll just say single A, high A, low A, whatever, for just as long as Nick Gonzalez, because this is Nick Gonzalez's first year. First year, yeah. Because he didn't play at all in 2020. Yeah, so it looks like I mean, he was in low A. Um, he played 22 games in low A, mm -hmm. Piguero, in 2019 as an 18-year-old, and he played rookie ball. He played for about 38. Nick Gonzalez never got any of that. He went straight no. to high A. Right. Now, he would have done some rookie ball last year, but even like Henry Davis, this is his, he got drafted this year he's in high A. You know what I mean? Right. So it's possible that that would happen. The college bats progress a little bit quicker because of their age. And I yeah. just, I just think, I wonder, uh, because you're looking at, at really, Pagaro, this is his first go at it too, really. I mean, 60 games so far in 2019, 
2018, that was just Dominican League and Arizona Fall League. So the mm-hmm. 41 games in 2018 is that that competition's not college competition. You know sure. what I mean? Okay. So even you know when you start saying like rookie ball and low A, like there's your college, you know, experience kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit better. I don't really know. Maybe worse. I don't. I don't really know. I don't have a frame of reference around that. At least everybody there is given a shot. Where college, you could certainly run into guys who will never get there. So, right. You know what I mean. So anyway, um, you know, you're looking at maybe this year, outside of this year, you're looking at about sixty games. Okay. Well, so, that's yeah. Yeah. So he has advanced as far as like I've seen more time than Nick Gonzalez, but. I just think it's an age thing, too. I think he's so far behind the curve, and I don't know that he's... Because I know, like, 20 years old, and everybody says Bryce Harper was in the league two years by that time. Bryce Harper's a little bit different. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Peguero is hitting 266 right now. Sure. He's got 14 homers in 76 games. He's not Mike Trout. No. He's going to progress like a normal player who might even end up being really good, but we're looking at two guys this week that are in the same transaction in and about, you know, Polanco is DFA'd and they called up Cole Tucker. And we talk about those two players as two guys who potentially were moved too quickly and, you know, did it play in the fact that they, and that they are where they are right now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's what, and and that's what I'm saying. You don't want to rush a guy, but I thought he'd played a few more games than that. So sure. So sure. I stand I stand corrected a little bit, but which is fine. Like I don't He'll care. be twenty one in December, but, it says. So like I think to your point, he starts off next year. He he could start off next year in double A. Yeah. So is that not progressing your guys at the same time? If you could take Gonzalez and say, let's give you what is it? What did we say? September nineteenth is the last game for double A. Yeah. Let's give you a half a month, a little bit more. Yeah. To play three weeks to play in double A, get you a little taste of it for Nick Gonzalez. As a as a hat tip to say you've done this. And you don't have to send Piguero there, but maybe next year Gonzalez starts off double A. Maybe Piguero does too. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe they let him play a month, get your feet wet, then come to double A. It's hard to tell. Yeah. But that's what I mean. I'm not against it. Yeah. By any means. So I don't know. I I think it'd be worth it to give him a little bit of that. Hey, Just we're gonna show we're gonna show progression, but that also gives you a way, uh, uh, gives you a reason to say we gave you three weeks there, and now we're gonna start you there. And that's not your first experience there, but also that gives you the ability to say you have three extra weeks in Double A. Maybe you, we'll get you a, a quicker move to Triple A. However. I don't I don't think that's I would I'm much more uh a proponent of moving to double A than I am moving to triple A. Yeah. Because I think triple A you get a, a mixed bag of things. I mean I mean look at I, I'm not convinced that that our our triple A team, Indianapolis, could win a seven game series against our double A team. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like Yeah. And it should be easy. Yes, they'll absolutely crush them. But like they still might beat them in a series, but I don't think it's just a four game sweep. You know what I'm saying? Like, right? Because there's a lot of guys that are. I mean, right now they have Kai, Tom, Nagowski, <laughs> the guys that you know what I'm saying. Like, so there's still something there, but those aren't guys that are that are like trying to still go. They're guys that they're, are fighting to keep a job. They're quadruple A players. Yeah. So anyway, Greensboro. That's your update from Greensboro some of our big prospects. And mm-hmm. I do think, and, and um, how old's Quinn Priester? I think he's still a little bit, I don't actually, I don't, I don't have it, him pulled up anymore, but either way, he'll stay there. He'll just finish in Greensboro and that'd be, that'd be fine. I, I really, it's he's just, had his, he's had his ups and downs this year too. So I think, yeah, but I he's, think he stays, but there. he's pitching to like a two eighty six ERA. You know what I mean? He's, Absolutely. He's definitely, uh, it's definitely good enough, but I think that you just let him finish it out. Pitchers are weird. They're different. They can progress differently. Ronzi Contreras, I mean, he'll we be, still he'll have be to. 20, he'll be 21 September. Oh, yeah. So still, same thing. 
Leave him there. Let him progress as normal. You want your prospect prospects to be a little ahead of the curve, like your top ones. Mm-hmm. So, like moving Pagero and and Priester at some point next year, or to start next year, that's going to show that they're a lot better than just stay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's I think that's legitimate. I mean, we saw it with Ronzi Contreras this year. He started off in Double A, and then well, of course, he got hurt or anything, or else I think he could have pitched his way up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, we'll try to do this a little bit. Basically, what we're doing is we saw a good week. We thought we'd call him out, point it out. Um, good on you. Hey, guys, by the way, Pirates aren't playing bad baseball right now. No, they are not. They're not playing bad baseball. I mean, no this is game a, is over we have not, over. Well, that's 100% true. But we got swept by the Dodgers in the middle of a lot of losses. And... Since that Dodgers, we haven't lost a series. We put, we we beat the Cardinals two games of three, beat the Diamondbacks two games of three, and we just split with the Cardinals uh, two games out of four. Um, get ready, though. If you remember a couple weeks ago, I brought up a point about every time we had a walk-off win, <laughs> we went on a big losing streak. Be a fine time to prove you wrong. <laughs> Yoshi hits a walk off three run to dude. That was exciting though, because honestly you kind of thought, nah, dang it. But you walk two guys in the ninth and it always can happen. Yeah. And it wasn't even cheap. I mean, first pitch just launched it. Yeah. He can definitely hit. Yeah. I mean, he can hit for power. That's what yeah. we'll say. He can hit. Yeah. He can definitely hit for power. He is not going to be an average guy. Never will be. He's a power hitter. Mm-hmm. And he's showing that, which, quite frankly, he's shown up with more, like, with the, you could say, the same amount of big at-bats as Nagowski did when he first came. Yeah. But he's doing it. Two of his home runs, of his five home runs since he's been here, were pinch hits. I think just two of them. Maybe even more, maybe another one too. But anyway, like those are big moments. Yeah. And he's done them in big moments. And it's kind of like, yeah. okay, this is a guy we can throw in there to hit a bomb. And Nagowski's like, I can hit you a single. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, sure, it was exciting yeah. while it was there. And I'm not like trying to, you're kind of comparing because they're the same guy. You know what I mean? Oh, this is a DFA guy that we just, I mean, they signed Sutsugo, but. Um, yeah. It was a little bit different, but he was DFA and released. You know what I mean? So these are guys yeah. that another team gave up on, and they're saying, let's see if we can catch lightning in a bottle for a couple weeks. You know what I mean? They did that with Nagowski. He started to fall apart. Now he's, you know, and then he was DFA'd. And he's actually still in Indianapolis, by the way. Nagowski's playing for AAA right now. Um, But Yoshi just offers power. Yeah. He's not going to hit quite as, as often as you saw Nagowski where he was not swinging and missing very much when he first got here. But he's he's also not going to help you on defense. No, and neither that, one of them. Been his, and that's been his MO. He's not very good defensively. He can play outfield, but a couple of those plays that he made the other day, and they, there was three, like three well, of them in yeah. one game. And there was one and none of them too. were errors. No, none of them were errors. No, he's, but, having, he's having a really hard time with the Clemente wall. Yeah, he is. And... Was the triple that was hit today on the Clemente wall too? Yeah. And it was, okay. it hit above, like right above where it says like National League, American League. Mm-hmm. And it was like at the top of those letters, which is, I mean, I don't know if, I don't really know how tall he is, but he certainly can't jump. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I don't know if Polanco can jump up to that ball. And Polanco's right. tall and he can jump pretty well. And I don't know that he gets to that ball. It's just a matter of not, like, he's trying to size this up, and here's what you don't want to do. If you're Yoshi and you've already misplayed a couple balls off that, you also don't want to back off and try to play it off the wall and have it go one way or the other and it end up being, I mean, what it was. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, what if it hits, like, three feet off the wall and you thought, dang it, I could have just caught that. You know what I mean? So he didn't want to look more, so he went for it. I don't mind the effort. He was no. never going to catch that ball. And quite frankly, if he if he plays it off the wall, 
let's say it bounces right to him. It's still an RBI double instead of an RBI triple. So at that point, I say, yeah, go after the ball. But he's having trouble with that wall, understanding where it is, understanding what ball to go after and what ball not. You know what I mean? And then, like, the bounces that it takes. Dude, PNC Park, I don't care if you're in right or left. Center field's pretty much center field. You still yeah. the north side notch is still a big deal for center fielders because the ball can go around a corner and you have to go around a corner to go get it. Mm-hmm. So that is different, but center fielders understand that center field's hard. Yeah, but left field is huge at PNC, and then you got the notch to worry about. You also, when you get down the line, you've got a wall right there, kind of yeah. like Wrigley. You know what I mean? There's not much foul ground there, a little more than Wrigley, but you know what I'm saying. Yep. Like it's a, there's a thing there. And then you have the cutout where the seats come out mm-hmm. where if the ball is hit down the line, there's a question of whether it gets by that cutout and goes into the corner or hits the cutout and bounces into the middle of left field. Yeah. Marte could navigate that like nobody else. Yep. And really Corey Dickerson did a really good job of it. Yeah. Uh, but right field comes with its own because of the big wall. And then the short wall over in foul territory that also comes in, like it's a hard place to play outfield as far as knowing your surroundings and knowing. So like these guys that are going out there that we're just throwing out there, if it's a fly ball, they're going to be able to handle a fly ball. Yeah. If it's a blooper or a ball in the gap, that's playing outfield. But when it comes to going back on a ball or it comes to a ball down the line, Every field you go to is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And I just think, and I'm not saying PNC Park's the hardest. I would imagine the Green Monster takes a while to get used to oh, in, yeah. in Boston. I would imagine the, does uh, does San Diego still have like that cutout in right field? Is that San Diego that has that? It like goes out and comes back in for a minute. Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. weird like that, you know what I mean? I think it juts in like the the line then it juts in a little bit and back out it, yeah weird, it's something yeah. weird that i don't you know have if to they navigate still have that or not because i know they moved their their wall a little bit or their fence but i think they what just about, moved it in what about minnesota they have like that that deck that kind of yeah, extends that over hangs, the wall right that's so weird. there's everybody has something that's why i love like baseball stadiums because you're allowed yeah. to build character into your stadium and do different things and that's awesome yeah. But anyway, I don't know what the hardest one is. I know that a lot of people have, have talked about left field not being difficult in the way that I'm saying in right field, but just being huge. Yeah. And that you can get beat on balls because you're either you're playing too deep to try to cover for it or you're just getting burnt. But yeah. but right field off that Clemente wall, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit short, not like Boston short, but it's a little bit short and it shoots straight out. Mm-hmm. to 370 from there. So it, you know, it's a little bit of a weird angle anyway. Um they showed a clip of Yoshi out there playing balls, working out in right field, you know, trying to get better. It's got to be weird, but yeah. Cole Tucker's going to be there. Chavis is going to be there. Hopefully, uh, you know, his injury's not too bad. Um but either way, right field's going to be fun. Alford will be there. Alford, Alford. Um right. Yeah. So Monday, six five win against the Diamondbacks, and it was late. You know what I mean? Down mm-hmm. five to one, end up winning six to five. Yoshi hits a homer. <laughs> this as just to throw that in, he's hitting the home. And that was like a big cause that was the big inning, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, then take the lead later. But um but Will Crow through then. Five runs, four didn't get out of the fifth inning. Just more of the same bullpen lockdown. By the way, something we said at the beginning of the year, Chad Cool should go to the bullpen. I think they're still long-term thinking starter. Yeah. But if he shows up and they like what they see, maybe he stays. Right. Maybe he stays. Then we win 4-2 to two against the Diamondbacks. Really hoping for a sweep here since they swept us, right? <laughs> really hoping for that. Right. Would have been yeah. nice. We didn't get the sweep. Would have been nice. But beat him Tuesday. Bumgarner, if you want to have flashbacks. But we scored four runs off Bumgarner. So that was good. And J.T. Brubaker. (laughs) Can you give him one? Yeah. 
JT Brubaker finally gets the win that he's been looking for since May. <laughs> he didn't and want it to come was, out of the game either. He didn't want to come out, but he threw his five <laughs> innings. He had six Ks. He still walked three and threw 92 pitches. Like, you're coming out of the game, dude. Yeah. We got you a lead. Now yeah. you're done. And Underwood did good. Shreve gave up a couple runs, but it was okay. Stratton gets a save. Buckos win. Wednesday was the loss, 5-2. to two. And Bryce Wilson, five innings, strong innings. Did fine, seven strikeouts, didn't give up a run, only gave up two hits and walked two. Mears comes in, gives up a couple runs. Bonda comes in and gives up a run. Kyle Keller, who's generally been decently strong in some of his outings, gives up a couple runs. Oviedo gets through an inning, and then we just couldn't we couldn't score. Their bullpen did a good job in that game, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't really, you know, challenge much. And we took out Sutsugo too early. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so then you go to the Cardinals, eleven runs, an eight run seventh inning. Yeah. Down seven, what was it, seven to three? Mm-hmm. Five to one. No, at one point it was seven to one after the top of the third. We got two back to make it seven three, but then an eight run seventh inning with no outs capped off yeah. by the Susugo home run. Uh, but Moran homered in this game. That was that was the third inning, two run homer. And it was like, all right, all right, this is interesting. And that was the game where it was all about the Polanco story. He had gotten booed. This was Thursday. So Wednesday, the news is that he's claimed and he's or not claimed and he's staying. He's getting booed on Wednesday. And then he speaks out on Thursday and he comes out and gets three hits and has a good game and everybody's pumped. And he was part of that. He's part of that big inning with the double. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, Mitch Keller got off the hook here, by the way. Uh, five and a third, seven runs. Three walks, only two Ks. So as good as the last one was, this is the same thing we get from Mitch Keller. One good, one bad kind of a thing. And I'll say, Hennessy's Cabrera, who gave up the majority of those, he didn't get an out and gave up six runs. Like, he's a good pitcher. Yeah. I had tweeted a couple things from uh, from the account. He'd been good. This year, like his ERA jumped big time in this game. It's just six runs, no more innings, just six runs added to what you've already done this year. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's been good and he either just didn't have it or we just, ju- I mean, he didn't walk anybody. We just jumped on him. Yeah. A team, I don't care how many games we're going to lose, this team goes out there and grinds. And never gives up. They went in attack mode down seven to one. Yeah. They could have just laid over. No such thing as a tank. No. No. Not in baseball. Not in baseball. But anyway, good game there against the Cardinals. Then we get uh then we get beat four to three. Kind of a rough one there. Uh battled back, just fell short. J Hap was good again. We'll see if that lasts, but you know. I did look at some things. Uh, after we had the, the discussion about J-Hap. And he has not really pitched against a good team yet since he's been there, so we'll see. But right now he's throwing well. Matter of fact, yeah. I think this is his third start in Pittsburgh or against Pittsburgh since he's been with the Cardinals. So, But we did just come off of an 11-run game. So, Yeah. But anyway, Dylan Peters, three runs and in five innings. Once again, not like a terrible start, but... Yeah. It's been he usually he's two runs. He gives up three runs. It ends up being enough to lose. He's still got a three oh seven ERA for us. So I still don't get him. Like he's still I yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. He he's giving us innings and they're not bad. Yeah. He's not like he's not blowing me away, but he's a productive pitcher. Sure. And then Saturday was the ugly game. Yeah. Saturday was ugly. It was bad. 13 nothing got ugly later. Oh, it's seven runs, but you never know. And then they kind of, uh, they kind of poured it on. Yeah. Um, and one Kyle Keller came in and had two good innings. Like I said, after Brault just got roughed up early. Um, but then Keller gave two good innings to say, let's, let's get through. Let's go. Let's go. And then Oviedo Howard 
The only guy who didn't give up a run after that, Bonda gave up a run. Defoe's the only one that didn't. Somehow. Somehow gave up three hits, didn't give up a run. So, good job for Defoe. But then bounce back today, down 3-1. Get the Yoshi home run. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, Reynolds did go one for two today with a couple walks. He's at 299 right now. So he's got to grind. Mm-hmm. He kind of fell down below 300, a little bit of a struggle. Let's see if he can get back up there and stay there. Boy, I'd like to see him at 300 by the end of the year, like at, yeah. at the end of the year. At the end of just, yeah. Even if it's at 300. But to be right. honest with you, if he hits 298, he hit 300. You know what I mean? Like, do you say that? Like, this guy at 298, like, what do you expect from him? He's a 300 hitter. Ish, he doesn't get the official thing, but like he's right. still seventh batting average, best batting average in the National League. Yeah, I mean, not that, that really matters. That's just a problem with the game, but <laughs> that's the problem with hitting approaches. But the idea is that two ninety seven is where I say, mm, but like you hit two ninety eight or two ninety nine, you're like one or two hits away from three hundred. Sure. So, anyway. Couple guys, you know, a couple of those Bader diving plays that didn't happen, and right. he, and he's hit three hundred. Maybe not a couple after a long season, but crazy game today. It just didn't feel like it. Crow five innings, three runs. Once again, just is what it is. Not kind of like the Peters one. Yeah, it's just not, you know. But then Chad Cool, three strikeouts in two innings, a hit and a walk. He's, <laughs> I don't know. I like Let's it. Get out of there. I like it. Bednar still solid. Stratton got uh, the win in this one, through the ninth and got the win. But dude, the the Pirates are gonna battle. Yep, they're gonna battle. That's all we have for today. We wanted to get through this week. Uh, we should say this coming week. What do we got coming up? We got the White Sox Tuesday and Wednesday, just two games, and then the Cubs come for four. So that's kind of weird that I brought up two broadcasters earlier. Harrelson <laughs> and uh, Harry Carey happened to be two Cubs bro- or two Chicago broadcasters. Now we got Chicago coming, so both, we both do retired and gone. <laughs> um, well, not both gone, not but... both gone. Yeah, both gone, retired. not gone, gone. Just yeah, right. Anyway, the White Sox are a really good team. They're of the first place teams in the American League. They're they're like not the best but they have the biggest lead because the rest of that division is so bad. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're pretty much in the playoffs already. I don't yeah. see any of those teams challenging them. They, they All of those teams, like, I feel like all like Minnesota was a big letdown, but I feel like Cleveland has pitching. The Tigers and the Royals, you can tell they're trending up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing things. They're, they're a couple years into this, <laughs> into their rebuild. Um, but anyway... White Sox are a good team. We're going to be in Chicago for those. And then we just go right across the town to to Wrigley and go four games with the Cubs before coming back to Pittsburgh. But we have four games against the Cubs, which Wrigley, where are we going? The, 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 the spirit Halloween joke, that's hilarious. And then it's the Tigers, so the Cubs who just blew it up. And then the Tigers who are a struggling team. And then the Washington Nationals who just blew it up. Right? So we got a series of games here that we're getting hot at the right time that we can win some baseball right here. This is a yeah. good time to tune in. And then we got the Reds. And, yeah, and then it gets muddy after that. We, had, we yeah. still got the Reds nine more times. We're going to lose 100 games. <laughs> <laughs> not just because of the Reds. I'm not saying that. But there's a lot of games left. We, we're at 81 losses right now. Yeah. So it's still possible that they avoid it, but it's unlikely. Right. Anyway, closing thoughts here. All things stated about Gregory Polanco in this episode are tentatively true. Who knows what happens tomorrow? Some news might break that somehow he's actually going to Indianapolis or something. I don't have any idea. (laughs) (laughs) Don't quote me. As of now, hang in there. The Pirates aren't giving up. Neither should you. And as far as wrestling, we're going to get into all that soon. I promise we are. Got anything before we close? Be patient with the new look of our Bucko's office, the the front office. Good things are happening in the lower levels, as you can see. Yeah, you know, we just talked about Greensboro. Yep. Let this play out, and then we'll see. We'll go from there. Let's go, Bucks. But we have to give this new management an opportunity. 
Let's go Bucks. Facebook, Twitter, all those things. Say it every week. Bridge to Bucktober. Twitter, bridge number two, Bucktober. Come say hi. Yes. Thanks, Mom. <laughs>